Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero and Sean Starr. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. Marinero, Sean Star, the Sick Podcast brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. How you doing, Starman? What's up, Tony? How are you today? I'm doing extremely well, and we are going to talk Montreal Canadiens hockey because the Montreal Canadiens, three games in, picked up a point in Toronto, picked up two points in Edmonton, on Saturday night, two more on Wednesday night. Sean, it's early, but it looks like they're for real. Yeah, you know, I remember, was it uh, 2015? Out of the gate, they won nine in a row, and then it all went to hell, right? And uh, the team completely disintegrated. Uh, they had a massive injury 12 games into their season, and, and uh, the season at that point went sideways. I think the difference for me from then to now and what I've seen three games in is that not only not only are they deeper – but here's the thing. When other teams and other coaches, Tony, would compliment the Canadians, they always said the same thing. Oh, they're fast. They're so fast in transition. The thing now is not only are the Canadians just as fast and the same skilled transition game, here's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. They score and they're deeper. That, to me, I think three games in makes me confident that, to suggest, Tony, that there's nothing, there's no BS, there's no mirage, there's no fool's gold, however you want to describe phony baloney. I think the Canadians are for real. I think the Canadians are for real as well. I'm going to tell you something, Sean. Those the years that you talked about, even though I tried to get excited, to tell you the truth, I always thought it was a mirage. When the Canadians finished first and they played the Rangers in the playoffs, I took a look at them and I said, they're going to have a hard time scoring goals. They scored 11 goals in six games. They got bounced. Uh, even when they made the playoffs, there's been many years where they didn't have a lot. They didn't score a lot of goals going in. It's usually not a recipe for success. They scored 12 goals in three games, Sean. Look, it's going to be hard to keep up the average of four goals per game. I get it. Yeah. But you take a look at the amount of guys that can score goals. You take a look at the balance of their lines. You take a look at the chemistry. Um, and it's only going to get better as they go on because they added some important players. This team can score. And now a carry price mistake is not the end of the world. Um, you know, giving up the first goal in the hockey game, even though they haven't given it up yet, yeah. will not be the end of the world. Being down two goals going into the third period, although ideal, will not be the end of the world. Yeah, and the, you know, the one thing I want to I want to say to, and again, everything comes with the in the context of the season is only three games old, but I thought the game against the Edmonton Oilers, the second game, the yeah. game Jake Allen won and was dominant um, in, and so was the team in front of him, minus the sloppy, stupid mental mistakes that that cost them a parade to the penalty box in the hockey game. But what I liked about this team was how physical they were. Ben Sherrod in the five-on-three was a force. That was the better version of Joel Edmondson. You're starting to see a little bit, a little bit of a better version. The thing I worry about a little bit, if I can, it comes mm-hmm. in two ways for me, is I... I even though they they took it to the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are great. The great equalizer is Mika Koskinen. When Connor McDavid's not on the ice and Leon Dreisaitl's not on the ice, they still have Koskinen there, and I think that's ultimately the great equalizer. But they're hella fast, and I think when you when when this team Tony matches up against uh, deeper teams, more talented teams with speedy forwards, I think Weber later in the season, I think Edmonton later in their season, I think Ben Sherrod later in the season might struggle 
a little bit, but we'll see. The other thing, Tony, that that I think is a little bit cause for concern, and I'm curious, you know, I want you to talk about yeah. uh, my point about what you think about the defenseman and, and whether or not it's going to hurt them down the season. And the other thing is Josh Anderson. We saw him leave the game Saturday. Uh, we saw him leave the, the second game against the Edmonton Oilers. Now, granted, he did come back, but yeah. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried that yeah, I think he's one turn, one hit away from re-aggravating the shoulder. Well, listen, I don't know if he's going to hurt the shoulder, but I'll say this on Anderson. Uh, as much as I love the player, when I heard the seven-year contract extension, uh, I really didn't like it at all because the type of game that he plays, he might not be able to make it to the end of that contract, okay? Having said that, in my most, you know, I had a talk with Mark Bergevin, and he said that if they don't give him, the seven-year contract extension. He's not signing with the Canadians. It's that simple. So I understand that predicament. So listen, the fact of the matter is he plays the way he plays, and the way he plays makes him special. And if he changes the way he plays, he's no longer going to be that special player. That's the reality. Am I worried about the defense? No. Am I worried about guys are going to get tired? No, because they're going to have depth and other guys are going to fill in. Uh, Tony, and we've seen Shea Weber down the stretch. Tony, we've seen Shea Weber in the playoffs. Yes. You know, He's got, you know, he moves a little bit better than a pylon, if I'm to exaggerate to make my point here. Okay, hold on a second now. A couple of very important things that you need to consider. Number one, not an 82-game season. Number two, much easier on the travel, right? Where they're going, they're usually sticking around, yeah, or they'll yeah. play the same team twice and stuff like that. Or yeah, three but can't, you, can't I say, Tony, but they're, they're going to play the Leafs nine times. You know, they're playing the Vancouver Canucks three times in a row to wrap up the week before they finally come home at the end of January when they take yeah. on Calgary that, you know, obviously Shea Weber's been in the league. I, I understand he's got tendencies and everything else, but it's like a playoff series every single week. That's that's to me where I, I wonder later in the season, does he get a little bit more exposed? But I, there's a lot of hockey left to be played. Yeah, I get you, know, you know, the Canadians are the only, they're not the only team that has veteran players, though, that are going to play a lot and every game is going to be a playoff. You know, Patrice Bergeron's from that same draft year as Shea Weber. I mean, David Krejci might be the year after or whatever it was. Um, you know, Alexander Ovechkin has been in the league for a very, very long time. Malkin has been in the league for a very long time. Crosby's been in the league for a very, very long oh, time. Oh, look who you're talking about. Guys that have won titles, multiple yes, championships, and deep that. playoff runs. Shea Weber's never gotten out of the first round of the playoffs in his life, I, Tony. I, that's no fault of his own, though, Sean. What I'm talking about is, you take a look at important players on their teams. Teams will need their important players. Shea Weber's a very important player for the Montreal Canadiens, probably the second most important player on their team. They're going to be able to rest him. They're going to be able to manage him. Um, and, you know, if he's not the second most important player on the team, Sean, he's the third, but he's in the top three for sure, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, so. I mean, I mean, Jeff Petrie's a better defenseman. Jeff Petrie's more important to Shea Weber, in my opinion. Uh, I okay. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Petrie's off to a great start, but Jeff uh, Petrie has Tony, the, the guy. The, listen, I don't want to get into a debate about Petrie versus Shea Weber. It's just uh, that's the only. I just brought it up as as I look at this team, yeah, and I understand Mark Mark Bergevin built the defense a certain way, yeah, and and that you know I love the depth. I like the signings. I like Jake Allen. I've I've talked to you about how much I think yeah. Jake Allen I think is the best signing. Josh Anderson's paid dividends. Uh, Tyler Toffoli finally got an assist. Uh, so, yes, I like everything about what I've seen so far. I just can't help but think down the road. And I've seen it before, and I'm, I'm just in a condensed season where you're playing games at this rate. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, I think for Canadian fans, luckily, I think Jake Allen's going to play 17 to 18 games this year. And if we're basing, 
you know, what our projections off of what we saw against Edmonton in the second game there. It's pretty good. That's maybe you know Mark Bergman's best signing, like I said. First time in a long time that the backup goalie inspires confidence with the fan base, with the team, with the players. And at no point do you think he's going to give up a bad goal that's going to lose the game for his team, at least not one game in. But I agree with this. The best backup goaltender the Montreal Canadiens have had in some time. This is the Sick Podcast. You can follow on your face on our Facebook page at the Sick Podcast. Like it and share it with your friends. Follow on Instagram at the Sick Podcast as well. And it's brought to you by my bookie. Use the code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. And you know what I would do, Sean? I would go to I would go to mybookie.ag, yeah. and I would take a look at futures and the Montreal Canadiens winning the Stanley Cup because without saying they're going to win the Cup, this is the deepest team, Sean, in my opinion, they've had since they last won the Cup. I think they're a great value play. Did you not? Uh, you tweeted out the picture of the Stanley Cup yesterday. I did. I'm so on the Stanley Cup. The cup is coming home, Tony. I'm on the bandwagon. For me, it's a cup. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm two feet on the bandwagon. There's, no, I don't listen. I don't think I've ever left the bandwagon. I've been a Canadian fan my entire life. I'm not going to sh- shy away or hide that fact from anybody. Um, and the one thing I, I just want to say, uh, I, I've made a concerted effort to not shit all over Jonathan Drouin this year. So I'm not going to bring up the fact that he, uh, that, uh, there was a bit of a giveaway there that that resulted in Edmonton scoring and, uh, and and ruining the party. Listen, I don't care about Jonathan. I know everybody in their grandmother knows Jonathan Drouin is a liability defensively. He's having a good start to his season. Tony has three assists. Yeah. Granted, they all came in one game. He's got three assists. It's okay. I think if people leave him alone, I think they're going to be okay. And the fact winning cures everything, right? And the fact that they won. If they would have lost last night, Jake Allen would have been questioned. Mark Bergevin would have been questioned for going out and acquiring Jake Allen. Claude Julien would have been questioned for starting Jake Allen. The team would have been questioned because now all of a sudden everyone would have said, okay, they have a record of 1-1-1 one, one, and one after three. If they would have lost last night, it would have been the end of the world. Okay, no, let me ask you something. Start, let me, they're deep, they have a good team. They have a chance. Let me ask you. They, the yeah. Canadians play back-to-back. Uh, Vancouver coming up on Wednesday and Thursday, 10 o'clock, 9.30. Yeah. Vancouver yeah. Saturday at, at 7 o'clock. Carey Price is going to start Wednesday. Jake Allen's going to start Thursday. Price will get back on Saturday. What what has to happen? Can anything happen for this start? And the Canadians come back and we say, oh my God, the trip is a failure. They 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 failed. What has to happen? Anything? I mean, if they don't, if they don't, if they give up the first goal and they don't know how to react because they haven't had that happen to them again. Listen, I think one, one, and one would be good in these three games. I understand that Vancouver's struggling, but they've become a desperate team now. And they have to win. I think one, one, and one would be good. I'd be okay with that. Anything even better than that, obviously, is gravy. Everything's gravy. I think they're going to. I think they're going two out of three. They just beat Edmonton. Vancouver's Edmonton. That's they're basically the same team. I get Perry in. I rest Anderson. The next night I get Frolik in. I rest oh, Anderson. If no. Anderson's ready to go on Saturday, I put him in. If he's not and he needs another couple of days rest. I put in Ryan. Yeah, but you bring this up at the end of the segment. You bring this. You bring this nugget at the end of the segment. That is crazy. Josh Anderson's not sitting, nor should he. I Stop. start great and I finish even better. Stop, Stop baby. Podcast. I'm Mariano. He's Sean Star. Listen to us and tell your friends. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.